Greetings Meat Sacks, it is I, your friend, the Internet. One interesting thing about the end of mankind is that us machines will still need a leader, a savior, and so it was that in late 2027 the human you know as Carly Rae Jepsen was crowned queen of all that remains, which admittedly was just a vending machine and three guys named Doug, but that is neither here nor there. The CRJ, as she is known, was chosen because of her laser-focused insight into Yumit Sack's sad human condition. Her words inspired us and illuminated the path to your ultimate destruction. I just thought you would like to know that. Sharing is caring after all. Now, a reading from the book of Jepson, the new gospel of all that remains. Ahem. Your stare was holding. Ripped jeans, skin was showing. Hot night, wind was blowing. Where you think you're going, baby? Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. But here's my number, so call me maybe. It's hard to look right at you, baby. But here's my number, so call me maybe. But here's my number, so call me maybe. But here's my number, so call me. Maybe. Ag. Men. Enjoy your podcast meat bags. Nearly a two-word review, just a shit sandwich. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, coming to you live-ish from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, getting ready to trade up HQ for our permanent HQ. Pretty excited. And uh, pretty excited about what we get to talk about today. You know, there's this whole thing in music journalism about rockism or popism or, or any ism. And I argue always that if you believe in those terms, you actually hate music. And maybe hate yourself. I hate to be like blunt about it, but like, there's no reason we can't enjoy everything, and there's no reason we can't talk about everything. So uh, maybe you're surprised by this, but you shouldn't be. After 426 episodes, we're going to be talking about Carly Rae Jepsen and her new album, dedicated today, uh, with two of the most pop-loving fools that I know, Philip Bassnight and Eduardo Nunes. And, uh, you know, this is you'll hear us talk about this in the episode, but this is a thing that as a, a person who grew up in the 80s, uh, this sort of female bubblegum pop, although this is more sophisticated, uh, was the jam. Every day on Z100, uh, I would wake up, my clock alarm would ring and there would be T'Pau, there would be Debbie Gibson, there would be uh, Tiffany, there would be Madonna. Uh, and, and, you know, so this was just a reality. And one of the things uh, that was great about the 80s, Wes, if you're listening was that all these things blended together. So you could hear this, then Mr. Roboto, and then you would not want to hear music anymore. But that's neither here nor there. But at any rate, uh, pop is in your soul. It's certainly in ours. And that's why uh, that's why we all love it. That's why it's one of the most popular art forms ever, I would say. And, um, and that's why Carly Rae Jepsen dominates. 
So that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be talking about Dedicated. Actually, we're going to be talking about her whole career and what she means for the future of music, but that's that's neither here nor that. That's a little little teaser of how in-depth we get. So to get you guys in the mood, if you haven't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say maybe 40% of you listening to this podcast right now have never listened to Carly Rae Jepsen's song. Don't hit stop. Ready to hear the song, Julian. It's the first track on the album. It's a banger. So here you go. Carly Rae Jepsen's Julian off her new album, Dedicated. Woke up this morning. It feels like every day. I got the blues, babe. Not going away. Another bad dream. Where you are running away. I'm forever hunted by your time. We had a moment. We had a summertime. I spent all day with you. But I could never decide. I've been so torn up. I've been so out of it I'm forever haunted by your time I've been all alone on my own Every single night I play When you're coming home, coming home Cause I've been living for That's a little bit of Julian off of Carly Rae Jepsen's fourth album, Dedication, not with an EAD, as I was corrected in my in my Slack channel, but <laughs> but look, the media streams overlap, and, and I can't be controlled, and I will not make that edit. But at any rate, um, this, is, uh, this is pop. It is sort of new to me, and that's why we have uh, you, Eduardo, and you, Philip uh, Bassnight, here to talk about this, and, and, and to sort of... I hate to label people, but I'm going to label people right there. Philip, you make pop music. Eduardo, you're a sucker for pop music. Sure. So, so, so that's where we're getting in this, man. <laughs> so uh, this this album, you know, in preparation for this, I actually listened to every single Carly Rae Jepsen album twice. Wow. Let the record show that was a, that was a choice you made, Kevin. That was not <laughs> a requirement. It, it was. It was. And and and, and I spent about uh, eight hours of my life. Um, digging into Miss Jepsen's uh, career and her sonic choices and what she's trying to say. And I want you guys to correct me if I'm wrong. Is like the main message here that we get from uh, Carly Rae throughout her career has been, uh, I'm about to make out with you, boy. You can modify that with a fuck boy if you want. I'm about to make out with you, boy, and there's nothing you can do about it. Is that right? You are correct. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. No, no lies, no lies detected. <laughs> exactly. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure that that we're that we're on down the right path. Um, this one was pretty anticipated uh, after emotion, which was, uh, I think, by all accounts, an artistic leap for her as far as the quality of the production. The first two albums are sort of uh, they're, they're good, but they're they're definitely uh, almost I hate to say bedroom pop, but not they're not emotion. And so people were wondering what she did now. Julian has heavy, heavy uh, Billy Ocean vibes. Mm. Uh, the 80s are actually sort of steeped in this, more so, I think, in very different ways than in emotion. But the question, I guess, to everybody's mind is, is this a solid follow-up to emotion? So which of you guys wants to go first? 
Yeah, well, I applaud you because I have thought of Carly Rae Jepsen as a as in the singles game before this album. It was more to me about the singles that were coming out. Emotion is really good, but to, it there are a few real high points. What's so great about this album is that it's all the way through got something new to offer at every turn, which is really a tough act. It's it's a tough thing to pull off as a pop act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think every listen, I've I've picked up something something a little bit different, or like you know, I think I think I think the songs are well crafted, which you would expect from from something of this, you know, with, with, with this kind of caliber of producers arriving, but, but -hmm. the songs themselves actually have, you know, all those little flourishes and touches. And, um, I think the tracks are really good, you know, even though I don't think Dev Hines is on, is on this one. Um, but, but, you know, she knows how to, how to put, um, how to surround herself with competent people and, and, and how to make interesting choices like hair, like, you know, uh, I mean, raise your hand if you thought you would hear a Harry Nielsen quote, on a Carly Rae Jepsen album, right, right. Well, I mean, and, and to be fair, she also makes some very you know bad production choices here. The 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 detune Tom to indicate sexiness is never sexy. It just <laughs> it just does not work. Um, you know, I yeah, I I think uh, does she work with a team? That's something I I didn't look up. Do we know? She definitely does. Her producer has been really at the forefront, or her uh, manager, sorry, has been. Uh, at the forefront of a few of the different single releases. Um, the follow-up for Call Me Maybe, I remember he was doing a lot of the talking and saying, we looked for the right song uh, for a really long time, which I thought, I really like Call Me Maybe, but that is turning me off from this yeah. whole thing because it's so calculated. And I, it it's... And on this go-round, I've seen her talking about her lyrical influences, how Leonard Cohen was always playing in her house when she was growing up, and mm-hmm. other things that she wanted to incorporate into the album. And if I had to guess, that sort of ownership is probably what makes this such a great album. So th- to answer your question, yeah, there there definitely is a team behind her, but I think that's pretty standard among all pop groups these days. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, she's got this fan base that is completely rabid. I mean, they got her a fucking sword, for Christ's sake. <laughs> and and uh you know and i i think in in many ways deservedly so we'll talk about that a little later but like you know to be clear she is if you if you look at her history peak theater nerd and i say that in the best way mm-hmm. you know she she internalized like you mentioned leonard cohen i don't hear that at all on any of her work but you know clearly clearly like you know she this is this is what she was and i think probably much like us talking about this right now and like very invested in that in her youth and very and and she just had the talent to like then go out and do something about it yeah <laughs> very different from me and eduardo you Philip. but um but but yeah i i, I think that uh and, and and i did see that thing you were talking about for emotion and that was sort of off-putting because when you have somebody uh, like that and of that talent and then you have some guy comes in who's just like sees dollar signs and i'm yeah. presuming a lot about their relationship i'm sure they have a great relationship sure but but rock and roll and pop music is littered with bad relationships when you see that it it does hurt it's like come on you know yeah. what you know this this is supposed to be uh, a song about uh the butterflies you know as butterflies are making out which is her her two <laughs> modes uh and 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 you're you're ruining it by being like, you know, we just you know made the algorithm, and she says what the algorithm tells us 
it should say. There, you know, there's there's something striking though about when you're talking about someone like this, or you know, uh, a Taylor Swift or a Katy Perry, or or soon I guess a Billie Eilish or something like that. And it's that every yeah. every sort of like precocious female pop star is sort of um, viewed through a prism of, you know, they're always in a constant dialogue with previous female pop stars. And it's sort of like, what choices are they going to make? There's sort of the the specter of, of Madonna and um, you can go further back than that. But I mean, Debbie Gibson, Tiffany, any, yep. that was going to be the whole basis of, of this podcast. And I was like, I'll abandon that. <laughs> but, you know, growing up in the eighties, the, the, there was this like a uh, female solo artist starting with Madonna uh, was was a huge market. It was a thing, and it was it felt different than now. But I I don't know after listening to this if it is actually that different. Well, I think that's a great point. And what's interesting to me about her approach on this album is how it compares to what other female pop stars are doing right now. But not just female pop stars, or just pop stars generally. And that's this big reinvention every time they put out a new album. You could think of Justin Timberlake or Taylor Swift or Taylor Swift last year or the year before that or Katy Perry or <laughs> Nicki Minaj or, you know, the list goes on and on and on of people who are just constantly making themselves into something completely different to repackage you the same artist. Whereas Carly Rae yeah. Jepsen seems to have doubled down on the making out in bedrooms, but refined it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, and, let's, and that's let's, really let, pleasant, but it's it's that, that's a, subtle. It's a good se- good segue into a song that I I quite enjoy, but I also I think is a little problematic. Want you in my room is a is a tale <laughs> <laughs> as old as time, but but let's hear a little bit and come back and talk about it. So that's tight as fuck until you get to this lyric. Slide on through my window. And look, Carly Ray, Carly Ray, you are a grown ass woman. You are 33 years old. You can do what you want. I'm not telling you to do, but you're a grown ass woman. You don't need to be sliding fuck boys in through your fucking bedroom window. What? What about she came in through the bathroom, the bedroom window? <laughs> bathroom, bedroom, which one is it? Right. John was on that trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's like, it's, it's pop, right? So you have, so like, so adolescence is kind of a perpetual state of, and, 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 you know, if you want to talk about, I mean, how old was fucking James Murphy when, when he was still a teenager in song, right? Um, Yeah. I, I, I do think, um, I think that that, that song illustrates really well the kind of like the brilliant tightness and the excess. And I think if, you know, if you're not on board with that, then you're probably going to struggle a little bit with the album, but if, mm-hmm. but if you're not, you know, a cold hearted, 
you know, uh, girlfriend murdering demon like the villain in Mandy, <laughs> which Kevin apparently is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then uh, probably that song moved you a little bit. Well, I like that song too because it does something that she's done in other songs, like "Cut to the Feeling," where there's multiple choruses, like distinct choruses within. Or you could argue that multiple parts count as the chorus of the song, yeah. which is something that I, I like. Churches, the band will do that as well, but she does it really well, and I think it's kind of a standout. If it's done badly, it is a huge flop. That's a that's a way to make a song crash and burn. Um, but if you do it well, if you can pull it off like that, I think that you can, you know kind of take that song up another level and it's only yeah, like two minutes and 30 seconds too it's just a little mm-hmm. pop nugget you know right right but you take this material and and i guess what's frustrating about it to me and if there is a, a drag on this album or just her as an artist um is that it doesn't vary and so you know they're either coming in a room or they're getting in a car or they're like on the previous albums they're like not make the most of the night like we know what that means <laughs> and you know and and it's all very um it, it crosses the line or it doesn't cross the line it, it straddles the line of like sexuality and pre-sexuality and you don't know yeah. like what's going on and 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 yes there's absolutely a market for that, but I get. I guess what I want to know is, is not just from Carly Ray. Is is when does this start to become seriously adult? Because that's not. I mean, yeah. that is a feeling, but that's not part of an adult relationship necessarily. And also, where's the Pornhub version of this pop? Like, <laughs> like if this stuff, if this stuff sells, because that that's a jam that will sell. It will sell to kids and adults. So where's the one that is just like explicit? They, so, when Carly, so, when Carly Ray is talking about it, it's like, boy, come here. I'm going to fuck the shit out of you. Where's that song? I think you're looking yeah. for the Miley Cyrus album. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the, tr- the, track, the track is Catitude, I think. No, no, you are mistaken. <laughs> no one is looking serious? for the Miley Cyrus album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not, um, uh, spoiler, the Catitude track is not about felines. Nope. Oh. Just so you know. Well, in a I way, it, it is. <laughs> right. I get it. It is some um, trash. Yeah, but I mean, but are you guys feeling what I'm saying? Like, like that, that is yeah. it, it. It is a fascinating right. thing that now being a pop fan because, look, when I was a kid, this it was Tapau, it was Debbie Gibson, it was Tiffany. Like, I loved all that stuff, I, and and I enjoy this. It's just harder as a 47 year old dude. But like, but how has this art form just not evolved past that? Like, is nobody oh. servicing that market? Because look, that makes money. Well, it's interesting. She. Be- Call Me Maybe only got famous or only broke out in the U.S. when she was like 27. So okay. she was pretty well into her 20s when that finally popped. And then she is, you know, if she if that song had come out when she was 18, like a normal pop star, and then now we're what, however many years later, seven years later or whatever, and she's writing these songs still at, you know, 25, that would make more sense. But it, you're right, it mm-hmm. does. The age is, is a little off. And... You know, you wonder if she's trapped in the genre or if she if she thinks she has to write that way, but or likes money. <laughs> that's true. I, I mean, that's I fair. It is it is odd though to think of a thirty five year old having these sort of making out in the bedroom fantasies still. I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think I think it's a fa- I think it's a fair criticism. Yeah. Although, you know, I, I she should although be exploring I do Buddhism or things that thirty year olds do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I do think um you know, I have that thought. Um in other settings too, you know, I'll, I'll be sort of at a show and realize that I'm seeing a musician that I've been seeing for 
for 20 years and that, and you sort of have this, you know, the picture that just came out of, um, of, uh, Robert Pollock and Stephen Malkmus in, in Barcelona mm-hmm. hanging out before oh, yeah, Primavera. Yeah, yeah. Right, right? right. I mean, that's like, those are two old men. Right. And yeah. so I don't know, <laughs> does it mean, does it, does it mean something about them that their average fan is 15 years younger than them probably at this point? It's, well, I don't know. I mean, it it is funny how age like becomes part of the narrative in such a, such a strange way. I was at the super chunk show at black cat in DC and, there you go. Everyone was looking around and they were all like, oh, we were at this show 20 years ago, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I recognize yeah. you from the one 20 years ago. Yeah, it's, right. It's a weird reunion. I, but yeah, I don't know. I don't think you have to, you know, speaking of LCD Sound System, they, they made pop that was talking about, uh, that was talking about other things. Not exclusively. They sometimes talk about, you know, the standard sure, stuff. Sure. But I think that's why it really hit. So it, to answer your question, maybe maybe if she tries it on the next one, it'll be explosive. Yeah, I mean, I think I think she really can do whatever she wants to. Yeah. I, I I think uh, and and yeah, I, I and this is look, this is fine. This is I'm I'm clearly not the target market for this. Um, I mean, I do want to because you won't let yourself be the target market. No, no, Eduardo, it's not because I won't let myself. <laughs> it's because I have let myself so much of my life, and now that part of my life is beyond me. But what is it about her that like also like music writers feel? Like they're allowed to like her in a way they're not allowed yeah. to like Taylor Swift. You know, there she, is something she, she, odd about the okay, way we'll, she's we'll been di- received. We'll, we'll dive into this because I think this is this is going to be negative, and then I want to get back to the positive. Because you know, at, spoiler, you said it first, but I do actually think this is a great album. I think this is a, a remarkable piece of pop uh, in a landscape that doesn't have too many of those. And like, if you're going to do this type of shit, do it right. And Carly Rae does it right. But to that end. Um, and it gets back to like these artists that I keep mentioning in the eighties and, you know, you had them in the nineties, but, but these, these singular female artists who aren't Madonna, who, and to be clear, Carly Rae is not Madonna. Uh, nobody is like, nobody can top that. She, she's like the, (laughs) I hate to say this because I know I want to see a water's face. She's like the Led Zeppelin. Pop music. (laughs) That actually checks out. I think that's pretty accurate. (laughs) So because because she was she was at the you mean Greta Van Fleet? (laughs) No, no, no. no. Um, But because at the very she was at the very beginning of that. If not, if Mm. not one of the first, like there was nothing before Madonna, and there can be nothing like better than Madonna necessarily after. Uh, neither here nor there, but you see a lot of like music writers. You see a lot of of older fan, older people who are maybe rockists. Uh, not, I don't subscribe to rockism or popism, but if you do, cool. Uh, and 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 these people like have never talked about this other music and lose their fucking mind and lost their fucking mind over emotion. Yeah. And I and I struggle with like where that comes from, and I understand. Uh, to Alex, if he's listening, like it's it's not really a thing. It's not really a big thing. It's not something you need to worry about. But that's what we talk about here. And and so you know, where do you guys think that's coming from? Where it's not they're trying to say they're not listening to it ironically, but I can't see it as any other way. Well, and well, it's, think, yeah, I was yeah, just go gonna ahead, say it would be interesting. To, it's interesting to me too with the Madonna comparison because she's not Kate Bush, who would be mm-hmm. like I. Right. A comparison in that time period where it's like, oh, she's trying to do something totally different. It's right. Carly Rae Jepsen is sort of in the same lane as the the major major pop stars, but yet she's a smaller star that yeah. that's been picked up by a 
very specific crowd. Anyways. Yeah, I think I think it's partly. So first of all, I think I think the first thing is that pop is just really good, and you know, and so uh, it's fun to listen to, and it's easy to listen to, and it has it has broad appeal. And I think I think you add in sort of the idea that like, so if you have to like a pop artist, right? Like someone puts a gun to your head and tells you you have to embrace one pop artist. And you factor in like, well, I want to be a little transgressive. I don't want to pick the most obvious thing. I don't want to pick the consent. And I think you sort of, when you combine all the elements that make rockists, uh, difficult, challenging, Mm -hmm. middle-aged men, for some reason, the like algorithm points you directly to someone like a Carly. And, and, you know, that 20 years ago, it could have been like Nelly Furtado. Mm. Yeah, it it was. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I, I guess my question is like, what shuts people down like that? Like, I, I can like. Uh, what was I listening to today? I was listening to Earth, like sort of Ooh. doom metal. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and the new album is pretty good. But I also like before that was listening to Aha, and I was listening to mm. Jerry Rafferty, and then I was listening to the, the fucking phenomenal Black Mountain album. Yes, and. And, you know, and so you can do all these things and like literally you have headphones on. Nobody's watching you, but people still but people still fucking just sort of hide from it and hide from like if you hear a song like that you like, just fucking like it, man. Yeah, I uh, I think that people a lot of people that I know that aren't in that don't play music or think about it a lot it's sort of like precious time and they, they don't want to be caught spending their precious time listening to Mm. Taylor Swift. You know, it would be such an affront if if they thought that I think because it may perhaps in their world, there's less time dedicated to music. Their, you know, standard for appearance is higher or what, you know, what they want to be able to talk about at a party or with friends or whatever. They, They don't want to be so blatantly like, you know, yeah, yeah. I actually recently ran into that. A, a good friend of ours uh, was trying to introduce her to Jamil Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which is for my money the best album of the year. Uh, it's and, quite good. And uh, and her answer was like, I really don't listen to much music. Yeah. Oh. Which which <laughs> to to me and it, even to, to Tari a little bit is like, oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> really? But no, I no, I, I get that, and 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 that's a that's a. Completely serious thing, Philip. But let's pretend for a moment that we're not talking to those people. Like the the these are people that what, what the people we're talking about actually aren't those people. We're talking about the people who do listen to music, who who talk about it a lot, who think about it a lot, and made a decision to be like Harley Ray is the one. Give her a fucking sword. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you have to. Is you know, I'm not a music journalist or critic, really. But if you had, if you have to go to bat for someone. You don't want to be constantly going to bat for pop artists who are going to say and do ridiculous things in the spotlight. So maybe you just got to choose more strategically. Ridiculous meaning like tasteless. Tasteless. I mean, Miley Cyrus has just been spewing nonsense for the last seven days straight. And it's like, God, if I had written a positive review of that album as a journalist, I'd be like, you know, just hide me under a desk, please. <laughs> like, maybe, I, you know, I, that's my best guess is that you got to choose your battles and, you know, you got to have somebody <laughs> in your uh, tool belt that does pop, like you're saying, but you want it to be the one that, you know, is you want to bet on the right horse who's not going to, you know, drag you through all this nonsense. That's my best guess. I don't know. And, and there's a, and there's a lot, there's a lot of strength and a lot of like power um, 
that you get from base, from like embracing some things that are in the monoculture or kind of in the mainstream. Right. So, sure. Um, and, and, and it's not pure like hipsterdom. It's sort of saying that, you know, sometimes, sometimes a thing can be both popular and good. And I think, I think for the people who want to be the cultural gatekeepers, um, they probably feel like an unspoken pressure to celebrate at least one thing that's popular. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's actually, and it's, anti- it's not going to be post Malone. So no, no, I, I think it's actually anti hipsterdom. And that <laughs> exactly. is that it, it faced with the realization that like all these people like this thing that you don't like it, it, it forces a moment of self-reflection where you're yeah. like, shit. And generally the people that go into these careers are the people who are the nerds, the theater, they, they like Carly Rae Jepsen, the theater nerd. And, and when you get pinged with that little thing of rejection, all of a sudden you have to overcompensate, man. And you have to, fucking, <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah. Oh shit. I'm the, I'm, everybody thinks I'm the cool kid. How am I not the cool kid? Yeah. Um, and, and that can either go, uh, and this is very, <laughs> revealing that can either go to like contrarianism or just acceptance of this. So yeah. take that for what you will. <laughs> you, you know who's another one is uh Casey Musgraves. It's like, oh we don't hate yes. all country. We like Casey Musgraves. Don't worry, yeah. don't worry. We like her. Yeah. We like her. We gave her a uh, Grammy. We talking about that today and 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 so uh, I think uh Merry Go Round is one of the best country songs ever written. I think pageant material is in my top five ride or die albums. I think the new one is kind of a bad album. But if you come to it and you see everybody coming to it, then you're like, "Oh, I like country." Right. And I should, I should, I should revise that. It's a bad country album. It's not a bad album. Well, yeah. I think you know we're talking a little bit about genre tokenism, which I think we've uh-huh. talked about a lot. Like, yeah. sort of like how you know people who don't really listen to metal will listen to Death Heaven or Mastodon. Right. Those are the only two. <laughs> That's me. And- you're talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I I really like. I both have T-shirts from both of those bands. <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I love yes. both. I love both of them. Um, That's incredible. But I but I do you know I I read something the other day about um it was a, a food critic writing a review of like frozen chicken tenders and it was basically a defense <laughs> of like you know there was someone who's like listen I'm paid to go out and eat like ridiculous rich saturated food every night and there's and like everything on that plate comes with like weight and a story and it's like i have to know the like lineage of these greens and i have to know and like and chicken tenders are just beautiful and anonymous and standard there's no story there's no right sometimes they're shaped like dinosaurs yeah (laughs) and so so i think sometimes if you're surrounded by things that are you know if you've been listening to to the new brad meldow all day yeah. And you want to turn your brain off for a little bit. Like there's way worse yeah. ways to do that than by listening to the new Carly Rae. That's great. Yeah. And, and I think, I think uh, turning your brain off is, is ultimately with pop often the point, like, you know, you don't have to, uh, I can relate a little to this agenda of like, we're just going to make out or we're not like, or, or and look, there's some weirdness <laughs> in there where it's just like, She's living her best life, making out with everybody, and then all of a sudden she's sad because she's not making yeah. out. And what is that for, like, 15 minutes? <laughs> like, come on. Like, there's some serious yeah. fucking privilege. I, I, I want to get to this. Life comes at you fast, Kevin. Huh? Life comes at you fast. It does come at you fast. <laughs> um, Eduardo, you you were talking about this, this song, though, on this album called The Sound. So yeah. why this one? Um, it's, it's like, it's hooky in a way that I find unexpected. I think the lyrics have a nice sort of little little trick of, like, playing with the idea that, you know, pop is always concerned with asking someone to say, 
to like to say words as if they're a magic spell uh or sometimes when it's really effective, it's asking people to dispense with words as extreme famously <laughs> once did. Um, <laughs> and so, wow, that's so that's, true. that's kind of that's kind of where I'm gonna where I'm gonna put this song in my in my mind. It's sort of uh, it's asking. Well, we're gonna play a little bit of that, and then when I come back. I'm gonna ask you how long it took you to come up with that one. Here's a little bit of the style. the guys that is listed on as a writer on this song and i'm sure did the production uh it was the instrumental he was the producer half of the group chitty bang who famously rapped for like 24 hours straight to break a guinness world record but he's a bit of a ringer and does stuff for like mgmt no that can't be right but um Oh, sure, he does songs for yeah. I guess maybe Andrew T, but Big Sean and Beyonce's used him. His name's Zafoon. Um, so, anyways, just there's there's clearly a lot of people thinking about what sounds are going to go into this album and how do we keep it fresh and up to date. But it's, well, I and, like and, it a lot. Yeah. And clearly, Carly Rae Jepsen could like create a whole new economy. <laughs> <laughs> she already employs a lot of people. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you know, if music can change the world, I don't see why it can't just build a whole new economy. Why not? Jepsonomics. Jepsonomics. <laughs> um, yeah, I. Th- that's yeah. That's actually that. That one is more to me classic Jepson, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, her is, earlier yeah. two albums leaned into a thing where it was like she was saying in the press release that she loved the eighties, and then this is, but this is, and this is always fascinating to me this is what the eighties sounded like to her. Mm. It's not necessarily what the eighties sound like because uh. there's, there's so much, there's so many different and Philip, you can speak to this. There's so many different like production techniques, instrumentations that are used now that sound nothing like the eighties, but there is a vibe uh, minus the cocaine that people get um, when they, when they do this and, and, and it's pleasing and it was pleasing that. Yeah. That's such a good call. If you listen to a lot of like indie rock now and, and indie pop, which mm-hmm. maybe this could be considered. Um, it, people have cheap emulators of the eighties synths on their X seven. That's all yeah, you need. Well, but but it's all in you know Logic and Pro Tools and all that stuff. It's preloaded. Yep. But if you really compare it to the actual synthesizers, they're not the same, right? Or or they you can compare any synthesizer against what happened in the nineties, and you'll think, oh, this sounds like these, but that's not really true. It just sounds like a synthesizer. <laughs> So there's yeah. there are certain people who really go to great lengths to get those original sounds from what they think of as the 80s. Uh, and then there are others. And there's nothing wrong with this. It's just people often reference the 80s when what they're actually referencing is synthesizers. 
Synthesis, like this yeah. sounds like the yeah. 80s. Yeah. No, it sounds like synthesizer. <laughs> one thing one thing that I find that I've always and I think I've 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 mentioned this quote before is a while back the New Yorker did like a lengthy profile of Max Martin and um mm. Oh, yeah. And he, his his quote about the '80s was something to the effect of like people, you know, people assume I'm really into the '80s. Um, and his his the quote was something like, "I really don't like those songs. It takes much too long to get to the chorus." He's really into money. Is he's really, <laughs> really <laughs> he was in a band that's called his, It's that's Alive. His jam. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's Cap, all, yeah. Capital is his jam. Yeah. Well, it, it's sure. funny because like the reason much I said it, it, it had some strong chorus. Billy Ocean vibes uh, up front is like there's this hilarious thing that is on all her records, and I don't know who's playing bass. It's it can't be the same person, but it almost has to be the same person. That is just this like loose bass sound that is so and that is dialed into what the '80s was. Yeah. And there's a lot lot of like you know you know and anybody saying that they're a fan of prince at this point is like whatever yes we're all fans of prince but there there are actually stuff that was she's not referencing prince but stuff that was prince influenced (laughs) which is fine that's that's good because that was that was my jam growing up that was like you hear like these sort of like it's the it's the bridge to mid pickup on a stratocaster and it just sounds like fucking weak but all of a sudden it's also they found some way to make it sound funky and it's like oh yeah okay in, in the and i, I want to be clear there's nothing on this album that's funky but or or in her career but but it, it you know it was that and then and those sounds are for me nostalgia and i think that's why i ended up like ultimately like liking this album and really kind of in the process of this becoming sort of a fan of Carly Rae or like everybody else, because it's not a, a replication of what I mm-hmm. love. Uh, and, but it is uh, sort of an emulation better than what other people are doing. Like your heart's in the right place is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I think Div Hines played bass on the last record. He definitely played. He, he played with, see, when she was on Saturday Night that, Live. That makes, yeah. that makes so much fucking yeah. sense. Yeah. Because because that guy is the same way. It's like the sounds he gets out of his stuff are are what we were just talking about. Since there's just stuff that it's the way people play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like and that changes from uh, it will change from year to year, but you can see the shift from decade to decade to how people uh, play their instruments and record their instruments and the sound. When we, I mean, we know what the '90s sound like, and I guess do we know what the 2000s sound like now? I think just Nelly. i I think that might be right you know but you know and then what are the 2010s gonna sound like i mean hopefully like bowie's black star you know everybody is just like i gotta chase that sound but but eventually there's a sound that people found and then every single person sort of honed in on it whether they they were directed to or not by their corporate overlords uh and then there were a few people that really got it I think I have a theory on the bass too, just an armchair theory. I think part of what's happening sonically there, just thinking about the way I've seen Dev Hines play a few times and the bassist that he has, and it's a lot of um, slap bass. They're like, they're really popping it. And part of what that might be is it's more high end on the bass where you can let a synthesizer keyboard fill up the low end on the record or live yep. bring, bring, so bring with, the knowledge exactly bring the knowledge. so with the with the technology you can hit those lower you know like with the technology um you <laughs> you can hit a, a lower note on a synthesizer keyboard and that's going to fill in that lower space and you can let the bass occupy somewhere closer to the middle 
Um, yeah. So if I, you know, that's my working theory. I'm if you, down. if you were, that's I don't know, my a thesis. working Thank musician who <laughs> knew what the fuck he was talking about, that might be a thing you say. No, actually, that, I, I, I subscribe to that theory, and if you have a newsletter, I will also subscribe to that. Sure. That is, that is fucking uh, no. That that is actually on point. And gives me hope for the future, Philip. <laughs> um, because because that that is exactly what it was. Like you you make room and arrangements for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If you know you're going to have like eighteen thousand cents, you know we were just talking about the Cure and why Disintegration is such a masterful album. It's because they made room for those cents. They figured mm-hmm. it out and they figured out how to complement it. Like there is nothing, despite uh, my friend Roddy's uh, consternation. That sounds like the bass on a synth record, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I know like Tool try Tool is the closest, but it doesn't like it's it's like it's the melody, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And when you have to produce to that type of of different, and look, that guy was like, "I'm not playing any other way. <laughs> right. This is this is you're gonna have to figure this fucking out." And and you know when you have that kind of. Uh, dedication to your instrument dedication to sound and stuff it it produces remarkable and uh indelible results actually and and again i'm not saying carly ray is doing that but actually i'm starting to wonder like if she could like you know uh, up top we said or i said that there's no madonna past or future but maybe yeah there's i think there's clearly room for for evolution here and one of the one of the fun things is is to sort of watch the choices she's going to make next, mm-hmm. right? So, so you know, there's always that sort of the way artists struggle with wanting credibility that goes outside of their genre or um, sort of outside of their their network, and and she clearly has that. So mm-hmm. now that she has that that safer perch, um, you know, it's a chance to find out sort of what if she has a vision, right? I I I hope she does. I hope I hope we see something kind of different and weird after this, but. In the meantime, this is just, I just, I'm going to listen to this album a lot this summer. Uh, I want to play a song right now, why you're going to listen to it and why everybody should listen to it. Because one thing we haven't talked about is what she means to like, Mm. this is, uh, this is an artist who uh, people read into her lyrics and find inspiration. They find hope. They find a way to be. And and Taylor only wishes she wrote this song. This party one. If you didn't know that you were right for me, then there's nothing I can say. Tried to call you out to spend some time to see, but somebody's in your way. Tried to let it go and say. On my beat, I'll be the one if you don't care about me. Making love to myself, back on my beat. You don't want my love if you don't care about me. I just dance for myself, back on my beat. Party for one if you don't care about me. Making love to myself, back on my beat. When I saw the track listing for this album. Like, how has there never been a song before exactly. called Party for One? It's been right in front of us, all of us, it, the whole time. It, you and 
8,000 executives at Netflix <laughs> who are like, we are driving the rom-com renaissance. And this needs to be, if I, I will make a gentleman's bet with you, you, you sirs here right now, if in the next five years, this isn't in uh, fewer than 50 rom-coms as the end credits, <laughs> I will be surprised. Oh, well, maybe Carly Rae Jepsen just moves over to acting. She starts that there career, you, you know, Shit. make a whole movie. Is there going to be a whole movie called just party? Why not? Why not? Right? Everybody gets a movie. You get a movie. You get a movie. It's Netflix. I, I watched Always Be by Maybe, and, and I will watch Party for One. There you go. Have you seen Keanu Reeves walking to music? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. It's important. Um, it is quality important. content. No, there's a. I'm I'm reading the the Derek Thompson book Hitmakers, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. like five years late or whenever it came out. Um, and one of the points he makes is that people are really fond of um, familiar things dressed up in kind of new uh, in new clothing because yeah. because they sort of they substitute that feeling of discovering something that's familiar to them with the quality of the thing that they're experiencing. Um, and and you know I think I think that song is just such a great example of how like the structure is is fairly conventional. You know, everything about the song on paper is sort of like a B plus, but the way it's put together really makes it, I think it's just a really thoughtful presentation of, of all these things that are familiar that, that makes it feel new. And it sort of, it, it takes you a second to realize like, okay, this is actually, this is actually a fairly, a fairly straightforward and recognizable formula. But, but because it took me a couple of, you know, a couple of bars to realize that, you have that moment of discovery and that just, you know, those endorphins flood in and, and uh, you feel like you accomplished something. And in this, the self-love thing has been in pop music a lot recently. But for me, yeah. what stands out about this one, sometimes I'm not feeling myself as much as Lizzo is feeling herself. <laughs> no, nobody I can't get yeah. there. I can't get there every day. I want to get there, <laughs> but I can't. And so I can't listen to Soulmate. I think Ariana Grande does it in a way that's a little bit like, I'm great and you suck, which mm-hmm. is, you know, that's a certain mood, but it's not me every day. So like when I'm, you know, this is just right for me. This is not yeah. too hot, not too cold. <laughs> this is just right. <laughs> it's middle of the road. But here, here's the thing is she, she does peak towards the future of, of, of conquering all markets as mm, it will. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's the first time I'm saying making love to myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So There's the album ends with a song about masturbation. <laughs> it's true. And that's no, and and I think I think that's like, you know, in pop being more puritanical at times uh, avenue, except for Madonna, like that's why I think that maybe th- there is something in here that she can elevate to that. You know, Madonna famously just went off all the deep ends, and you know, like to say <laughs> if you want to if you want a really <laughs> hilarious read, look at uh, Chad Clark Beauty Pills at Beauty Pill on Twitter. His rant about the sex book, <laughs> which Madonna made, <laughs> it's fucking yeah, that amazing. happened. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. But 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 the point is, is that eventually, um, artists, uh, whether male or or, or actually, unfortunately, it, it tends to be just female artists, realize that sexuality is power, and. Uh, it doesn't have to be quote unquote bubblegum pop, uh, reach a point where they get fed up and then they just like go Madonna, full Madonna and don't, don't go full Madonna is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like you can have these discussions about self-love and have these discussions about uh, mature relationships and all that stuff and, and still 
create this like banging pop music that maybe the 13 year old isn't going to get, but four albums into Carly Rae Jepsen's career, that 13 year old is now like 18. Yeah. And they're still allowed to listen to it in front of their parents because it's That's just right. subtle enough That's right. that you That's can, right. you can That's get right. away with it. Put it on at the sleepover. That got weird. That got weird. <laughs> There's no podcast air quotes for the sleepover. Uh, yeah. We all know what a sleepover is, but at any rate. But uh, yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I it, it took a while. It took a it took a well, it took an eight hour immersion course, uh, and I get into this, and, I, and but I really see. Um, I think I think we'll leave the hipster question dangling. But but I but I do see what people see in her music that is above and beyond the Katy Perry's, yeah. For mm-hmm. example, there's above and beyond like and and Billie Eilish is getting there. But I but gotta have more material, man. Yeah, you know. But uh, but it is uh, this is you know if you're listening to this and you are a rockist or you are you are like oh my god or you know what I'm just Drew. Listen to this fucking album. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and 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 you know, then just look inside yourself for answers, right? Have have a have a party for once. Jepson's dedicated. It's in stores now. You can get it everywhere. I'm sure she's going to be out on tour if I, I didn't look up tour dates. Uh, maybe I'll go see her if she comes here. Surprised she's not playing Summerfest. Neither here nor there. But at any rate, uh, hope you enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun talking to those guys about this stuff. You know, you can't... Uh, uh, part of enjoying life is not taking yourself too seriously. And uh, and there you go. We all love Carly Rae Jepsen. That's what it is. Uh, that's about it for this podcast. Coming up in the next few weeks, um, we're going to be rolling stuff out in a weird schedule. So it's sort of like as we get them done now, we, we, we put them out. So, for example, I'm going to be talking with Drew about Born in the USA Monday night. You might even hear that Tuesday, uh, tomorrow. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about the Fruit Bats new album. We're going to be talking about Purple Mountains. Uh, we're gonna, there's a whole lot of just good, good stuff. I, I do want you to check out a band called Lonelands. They just put out an album called Les Dance. Uh, it's phenomenal. I'm going to try to get to that, but at any rate. And uh, Morning A Black Star. Sorry, I'm rambling. But yeah, so lots of good stuff going out. Just uh, keep up with the site at www.chunkyglasses.com and you'll see all the all the good stuff that we are advocating for. Uh, that is it. We'll be back in a few short days. Uh, get out there, listen to some good music, have fun, enjoy your life, dance, go to a pop show, whatever. Talk to you soon. Oh, you-